Welcome back to Anime Savants, everyone. This week I am Tyon. Oh shit. This week I am Oji-san. All right. And yeah, so this one, I feel like the previous two episodes, it's going to be like a skip and like the time period, but you know, you guys will get it when you get it. Um, uh, let's hop into what we are watching with this insane fucking season. And not even to mention that the season coming after it isn't even like. I, did, I, did, I don't have the time. I want to have the time. But they're only 24 hours in a day. So, um, was there anything new that you watched <laughs> since the last time that we've spoken about oh, this? Oh, yeah. So, about this? so I well, let's just start with the big one for me. Is I binged uh, Summertime Rendering mm-hmm. at the after multiple recommendations. And I very much enjoy it. I'm... I, I like the conceit of any show that deals with Groundhog Day type scenarios uh-huh. because it's the one way that you can kind of do time travel and causality stories without too much bullshit because the rules are pretty clear or you can at least establish some pretty clear rules so the story doesn't like completely invert on itself. This is sort of like, um, you know, uh, like Muvlove, Love, whatever, where they take the concept of there being multiple routes and then and each reincarnation or skip back through time is both an opportunity for you to for the audience to experience other sides of events and stories that you may they may have missed because the perspective is locked to the protagonist um or at least in the case of summertime rendering throwing a couple like twists in there where yes there is repetition and time travel But the rules, there are rules built into the storyline such that, for example, you find out very early that the distance and time he can go back is getting shorter and shorter. So rather than it being sort of a re-zero situation where the only threat you wind up having with the character is that it's possible that maybe some of the enemies in the story can get rid of him permanently somehow. You don't know because it's not explicit, but maybe like you can imagine... A scenario where like well if they don't kill me completely then like i'm i'm fucked right in summertime rendering because they introduce that aspect of the time you know moving forward it then allows you to just have a real ticking clock even in a storyline where you are going back in time uh, repetitiously so that's the first thing um second thing is that it, it was written pretty tightly so details matter in stories where you're repeating yeah and it's not just the details that the characters get but it's also the thing hit to you visually so even as i was watching i was like this is the type of show i would get a lot out of going back to like if i watched it from the first episode again there are a lot of elements that i would pick up on that i would have missed not knowing what was important to pay attention to and the show does a good job of calling out but it doesn't explicitly call out all of them which means that as a viewer you can feel smart, which I think is a, if if the show itself is not going to be smart, making mm-hmm. you feel smart for paying attention is a great thing to do. And it was a lot of fun. Um, the characters start off all very grounded, which is why the twist of the shadows, which comes in very early, um, is works as well as it does. Because you're sitting there thinking like, well, is this sort of a vanilla mystery story where we're just throwing in some supernatural elements in order yeah. to have there be some, you know something interesting that's happening well they they hit you with something very jarring and terrifying 
and supernatural in a heavy sense from the episode one, but sort of towards the end. So now you've ex this you as a viewer, you're like, well, what's the range of horrible shit that can possibly happen to any of these these characters? So I was down for that. The animation is very good. Um, the music is very good. The setting being on like a southern island in Japan, you go for these like daytime scenes, which are they're not like glossy, but they're idyllic, right? Because it's an island and people in it are at first appear very like light and easy and breezy. It's all good. But they also juxtapose it with things that happen at night. And because the shadows oh. are presented as such sort of um, inscrutable enemies, at least toward the first half of the story, it there's this level of threat that's kind of always there because none of the characters, at least at first, have any way of knowing if the people that they're talking to are the real people or are they the copies of the people who are actually shadows and Whoa. therefore are the enemy and that comes up a lot both the paranoia of the main cast and particularly the main character as well as as we start to see sort of the other side so the shadows perspective and you start to learn what's going on on the island um and how far back so much shit goes that it, even, you know, I was like 16. I think I copped at whatever episode 16 or I think it's like 17. 16 or 17 right now. Yeah. Yeah. So even as I was sort of getting to that, what feels like the final act being set up, or at least what is a pen, penultimate act, there were still things that were surprising about what was really going on, what different people were capable of. Um, you haven't watched it, right? I watched the first episode. That okay. Was, that was so it. I'm not going to I'm not going to go any further into some of the more the major twists because they're good. They're actually worth being um surprised by. That was the benefit of A waiting so long to get to it and B going back to back to back. Summertime rendering is not a series that I feel has gotten enough uh popular credit for no, being it really good right now. Well, I remember you know? Moody and Joe were talking about it. Like, yeah, they they, they were, like, absolutely put the over and they were the I will credit them with um poking me to finally get around to watching it uh but because it's not like the show of the season or even going back before it meant that i you know didn't run across any media i just knew that it was like yep it looks cute in episode one and then it gets really dark really fast that was all i knew about the show going in and so it was surprising as we got into the deeper history and lore underneath the story um, and one thing they do that, that I, I appreciate very doing early in a story is do the worst route or at least routes, either if not first, very close to first. Okay. So that you kind of get a picture of what it is that you are trying to stop from happening. And then all the subsequent ways through as they march forward in time, it becomes more and more harrowing because you realize that the main cast has less and less to play with. And meanwhile, information may not be as impermanent as it seems. So I thought, felt like my whole experience watching was a lot of fun. And I, as it stands right now, I would recommend it, even if the ending winds up sort of being disappointing because they they the cover a lot of cool shit. And there are, yeah, and there are multiple very very well produced action scenes, like high production value, good effects, good animation, interesting concepts and ideas characters who can do more than you think they can do or less sometimes which is also interesting and some genuinely threatening villains which Whoa. having it is a big plus in this series 
not having it in some other series is why I am down on them more than maybe I was when I saw the premise. Oh, okay. Um, I added on Yakuza Babysitters, or I just started watching it, and it's so good. Um, I keep wanting to say like Gaku and Babysitters because I watched Gaku and Babysitters too, but the show does a really good job of kind of just like easing you into it in the first episode. And then the second episode, it's literally just like, all right, so here's the shit. Like, here we go. Like, this is this is actually what's going on. Um, but the thing that I enjoy the most about the show is that it's extremely relatable. Um, not in the, oh, he's looking after the little girl, but just like how to deal with your emotions and how to deal with other people's emotions and like, what to say, what is the wrong thing to say, what's the right thing to say. And then you also have to take into account that it is also a child. Um, and I think that the relationships also like it for, I also appreciate that the father is not just like a Yakuza asshole, cold hearted bitch. Who's just like, I can't look at my daughter's face. <laughs> no, he's just like, I'm like, I'm going through my shit too, but I can't ignore my daughter. Like my daughter is hurt more than anybody. Listen, that second episode fuck fucked me up. Fucked me up real good. Like real, real good. They they drove the point home of uh, it's not like dark or like hopeless, but like it's just like the situation that they are in. It's just like, oh fuck, man. Like, whew. I I never want to experience this. Like shit. Um Great production value as far as like very simplistic. Um, and there's a lot of emphasis on the eyes, especially with like the daughter. She's very emotive with her eyes because the rest of her face uh. is kind of like, like not dull, but just like very muted because not she's expressive, not as expressive as everyone else. Um, but that's primarily because she's so observant of her surroundings and she. I like how uh, she's an emotionally mature child, but she's not emotionally mature because of like drama or like trauma and shit like that, where like she has to grow up quickly. It's not, that's just like how she naturally is. So that's good. The comedy aspects are great and the Yakuza aspects are great. Like I, I'm like watching it and I'm like, yeah, they would like, I, if I were playing a Yakuza game, this is exactly what happened. We would beat those niggas' asses. Exactly. Oh, it, like, I like that reference. If like if it's Yakuza like, yeah, I'm in. Yeah, I was like, oh wait, we're gonna, we're gonna oh okay, because at first me, I was thinking, oh, are we just gonna like do him and like him around the school? It's like no, they're doing like Yakuza shit. <laughs> they're doing like actual Yakuza shit, and I'm just like, okay. I this makes it even better because it is very realistic. So, hey, um, I enjoyed that. I also watched Isekai fucking Uncle. And I have not laughed out loud like this in years. <laughs> like, like it, it, the show is so good. First of all, it's just... the. The voice actors are f- phenomenal, first of all. But the funniest scene where it was was when nothing was said. It was when he saved the sister and her two little brothers, and they were just doing the emotes and the yeah. the, the faces killed me <laughs> the, in oh all the series. It was so fucking perfect. And, and like around. the the brother going like this, and the sister like pulling him back, and then she walks for it with the tears, and the little brother in the back is like, uh, <laughs> and then they try to. I was just, 
it was fucking perfect. It was perfect from um from the nurse that I knew the shit was gonna be good when the nurse came in and he was talking in the other language and she was like, mm-hmm, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, sure. uh-huh. And, and just went and just went about her day. I was like, oh, this is great. Like they have really good comedy beats. It's so entertaining. It's so entertaining. Um also it, like everything that you think or everything I thought was going to happen kind of happened, but that didn't make it disappointing because it was so good. Like when he was like, "Oh, the mermaid tears thing," I was like, "They they, they gonna think that shit's like costume." Yeah, what the jewelry. fuck is that? Yeah, yeah, like they don't care. And of course, he could get nothing for it. I do like the the premise of like he does have his powers. So like that nigga was like, "We don't need to get delivery, bitch. I'm just gonna go fly through the fucking air and get it." Mm. That was cool. Also, the. Uh, the internet haters and him being like semi obsessed with them. I was like, this is so accurate. It's so accurate because you say that they don't get on your nerves, but then you see them comments and you're like, fuck you, bitch. If I, if I could reach through the screen, you fucking anonymous whore, but it's, it's so accurate. It's so fucking funny. And I, I, I'm glad. So is it only airing in Japan? They're not releasing it through like Crunchyroll. Yeah, I think it's, it's like just Netflix, Japan, Japan. So on Netflix. Yeah, if y'all can find a way to get to it, get to it. Cause holy shit, like that was, I was all I could think about for like the rest of the day. I was like, that was just such a really good fucking first episode. There are only four episodes out so far, so it's not that. Deep. Yeah. Um, what else was I watching? I mean, Made in Abyss is going. How Made in Abyss is going? Um. I, I I expect something to happen. I expect something. I I it's I, okay. I mean, she almost got raped, but of of co- whatever. Of well, course. I mean, it's almost almost. You know? Yeah. Um. Just oh my god, like that fucking show. Okay, not gonna do that right now. Um, Don Machi season four. Very pleased so far. Recommend. Okay. I'm All right. I'm I'll pleased. Come around. Okay, okay, okay. You don't, you don't, you don't have, you can wait till the end, but literally. I haven't watched this season. I've just been waiting yeah. on someone to tell me that it was worthwhile. That's all. I, literally, the first episode is them basically coming together and saying, like, all this other shit is cute, but you have to beat the dungeon to do what you need to do. Like, you have to beat the dungeon. Like, you cannot, like, all, the, like, the monster stuff, they were like, yeah, you want to you wanna free the Zenos and stuff like that. You want this stuff. Like that. And uh, that, the the sage thing came up to him and it was like, you're not going to be able to do that shit unless you beat the dungeon. They were like, there's something at the bottom of the dungeon that's going to up, uplift all this bullshit and you got to beat it or else these people are not going to accept monsters on the surface. That's just, that just is what the fuck it is. And so that, in turn, that nigga was just like, Oh, okay. So I gotta beat the dungeon, and I'm like, yes, because the show is about picking up girls in the du- get back to the fucking yeah, the, dungeon. Was the, we were so far away from that. Uh, we we got so far like away. you met the monsters in the dungeon and then brought the niggas out and then all, and I'm like, yeah, because you brought the niggas out that like we supposed to be in the dungeon. Like, I get it, but like, get your we're ass supposed in to the go dungeon. into the dungeon, not out of the dungeon. Yeah, and in one season, we didn't even we didn't even barely. Fucking dungeon. We were dealing no, with the fucking. They, they, I don't even know if they went the in the red light they, district. They, yeah, like all that shit. There was a. They had their the battle outside over like you know having a place to live. Whatever the fuck. Yeah, that took Apollo. Like four episodes. Did they even go to the dungeon once that season? Because he got stuck in the red light district. I don't think so. Outside of the town. 
They did everything but yes. go in the dungeon. And so now we're back in the dungeon. Um, uh, they've they've like in invested in the the supplementary characters, like showing how they're coming up because he is level four now. And it's very obvious that he's level four because that nigga is like beast and shit. Like it, it's entertaining to watch him like fight just like the regular fucking monster shit, which I mean, it's, it's always, the action's always been good in the show, but um, that's good. Um, I Where they're at right now, at least for me, I'm enjoying it because the, the mm-hmm. body gore this season is just like off the charts. Like that monster's fucking them niggas up. Homegirl got her shoulder blown to fucking pieces. Like, I'm like, hey, this is this is on brand because the, they literally were like, yeah, you, the, you're, it's the lower levels. Like, it's just a completely different fucking, like, it's just, it's just, it's, it's a shit yeah. show. And within <laughs> the second episode, by the end of that second episode, it was just like, shit hit the fan. Like, right. like shit hit the fan, and now we're like going further into it. Um, even in the third episode, like that nigga, I, they dropped hints on things that he might encounter, and he is kind of encountering some of those things. But also, that's the interesting part about the fucking show is that it's the dungeon, like it's living and breathing. And there's even one part of it that I thought was so fucking cool, and I was like, see, this is what I like about it is that. They were, when they were about to camp, they were destroying the ground and shit around them. And someone was like, why are you like breaking the, like the ground and like lifting shit up? And they were like, well, the dungeon is living. So it has to take energy to repair itself, which means it can't spawn monsters to attack us. Mm-hmm. And right. I was like, That's oh, cool. It's a cool concept. okay. <clears throat> yeah. And I was like, now see, I just wanted this for like the whole time. Like, honestly, we could have been at the final boss by now at any other series, but I'm I'm sticking with it because I am still enjoying it. It's definitely not giving me like, oh shit, all right, I'll stick through this shit to get to the Kasaka scene, I guess. Like they're giving us a lot, like straight up from the front. So yeah, I, I'm enjoying it. Well, I, that kind of falls on my it's a it's a it's a actually a relevant segue. So there are a lot of these isekai series where I'm watching most of them off and on. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to get to one of the first kind of like topic ideas that I came across from watching a lot of stuff this week that's related to kind of the evolution of where Damachi seems to be going, um, i.e. having a story, introducing more systems. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying it's a hard show, like with a lot of like rules and everything else, but yeah. more of that you get, the better it gets, right? So I watched Harem. I'm just gonna call it Harem because like that's all it is. Wait, it's, no, did it did it get a, bad? Is it getting bad? The last we, time we talked, we were at He did episode, he did the, the flashback in his head or some shit yes. where like the sun, he gave the thing to the sun. Yeah, so that was that was I believe like episode the beginning of episode two. We are up to I think episode five or six at this point. Mm-hmm. And my complaint when I first started watching was this is a hentai. That's what it is. It's by Pet Passion. They there's you know th- that's their gig is yeah. is that they they produce pretty like nice looking series that when you leave the uncensored bits in, it's just like a elaborate softcore hentai. That's what it is. Um, I was weirded out in the first couple episodes because they were trying to be a real show. And the aspects Uh-oh. of the 
plot and the story that they were building that would get to the hentai were very uncomfortable because they're not and I'll and when we talk about some of the other like um isekai shows that are running you'll see that the themes are pretty much identical but in this case like the main character is just a perv but outwardly presents himself like a very typical isekai main character reserved action oriented um it's darker so he's willing to do horrible brutal things i would say horrible in how it's presented on screen but like relative to the story not actually super out of character so i believe at the end of episode where we were at the episode at the end of episode two they had intimated that he could buy this hot big breasted slave woman wolf woman mm-hmm. who he was like totally into this he could, now like, fuck becomes whatever he wanted or whatever yes right this be this this pursuit of this slave becomes his entire motivation for the next two episodes oh except he's kind of broke so whatever it costs to buy her he doesn't have enough money and so he's thinking around like okay what other ways as a hero i can make some money so he does the thing that you would expect to do. He goes into the dungeon, and the moment that he steps foot in the dungeon, all that other like subtext about like why he's there or like what his motivation was or like what the story is trying to build us to kind of goes out the window because it becomes a very grounded isekai series. He is sword, but there are limitations to what he can do, and he nearly dies on multiple oh. occasions until he understands the rules of the game system that he has to play under as a hero character. He stumbles into a monster nest. He has to use tactics to just survive because he can't get out. He realizes that the only way he can, you know, get through the situation is to constantly be killing enemies because he uses too much MP. He can only get it back with his special sword. It's, you don't get the feeling that, you know, this, that his overpoweredness is, to such a degree that you're kind of breezing through yeah. this very straightforward dungeon scenario. And when he succeeds, it's an actual feat. So at that point, I'm like, oh, okay. If got out all of the, uh, the, the hentai part of this and just eliminated the, the edge of his character, he could be a perv. But if he's not trying to buy a fucking sex slave, then this is a very, very, very well-realized narrow isekai fantasy with pretty good production value so okay they get gets to that part what does he find out when he's done he can kill all the monsters that he wants it's not gonna make him a lot of money you know he'd have to be down there in that dungeon for years to be able to afford what he wants so they hint at the end of episode two that there was there was a consequence for him slaughtering this episode which was there's now a turf war in and around the city with the other groups and you can make money on bounties so he's like this whole grinding the dungeon thing ain't ain't gonna cut it if i want to get what i want (laughs) so maybe i could try you know bounty hunting but it's not easy because he realized he kind of got lucky the first time you know they didn't expect him to have like an overpowered sword he kind of caught a lot of guys who were higher level than him by surprise having been in the dungeon he realizes his mana is both an advantage for what he can do with it but also a serious limitation because when he overuses it he becomes exhausted and also loses focus and becomes uh negative i guess like 
I can't do that. He loses all his confidence oh. and everything else like that. So it's an interesting way of representing Wait, the system. Wait, this is a lot so he for a hentai. Only... Right. So then he has to like stealth kill a whole bunch of bandits, but he has to use a variety of, of methods. Trickery, using the bandit headband to to get, you know, certain people to not attack him on site so they're in a certain position. There's a really grisly scene where his sword is so powerful, it can one-shot anybody. But he can't wake anybody up inside of this building. So he he assassinates all of them, but does it in the most, like, I don't say, like, amateur way. The sword will go through a human like butter. So in order to, like... But he's not skilled. He's not, like, a great fighter. So he puts, like, you know, someone will be sound asleep quickly put a pillow over their head and then like put his sword straight down and cut their whole head off in like one move and he keeps doing it but then he fucks up he's got to fight two people at once he's like you know in the dark it's like tough shit but he's just killing and killing it's Wait, great but this it's sounds, actually this is this sounds good though it's great no no that part again we're away from the motivation we're away from the hentai aspects we're just in a dark fantasy isekai story buddy and uh cruel but also like has rules we're cool then he gets his money from selling these bounties and he's worried that he's gonna be marked a murderer because the way he killed these people gave him a new class involuntarily and he's like oh wait i can shift my active classes around and then people can only see the ones that i have equipped so that's why he kind of gets through the scenario of turning in the bounties without necessarily adding what he did and then he gets some money and then he buys his girl and then we're like oh we're back to full-on hentai because the the themes that they're going for don't exactly attach themselves to the porn that they want to make so the his new slave is actually like pretty into him and is like for no reason i don't know why she's just she's into it right she has impossible body shape (laughs) (laughs) it's so over the top where you're just like this is a this is a joke. This is not like slipping in some sex into my uh, uh, isekai fantasy. This is just grafted on like a pair of fake tits. Like it's, it doesn't look, oh, it's nothing about my the God. way they, they put those two ideas together feels natural. And then we have a whole episode of him like trying to impress her and then buying her things. And she's so excited because no one ever treated her right. And you know, all this stuff. And it ends with the weirdest, most awkward awkwardly set up sex scene that if you use your brain for three seconds, you're like, everything about this is wrong. Everything oh about God. it is wrong. Oh my he God. He is her a slave master. That's what he is. She's constantly referring to him in that way. He just, he can't stop thinking about fucking this thing. He's just like, it's in his mind. He's like, what am I gonna, I can't restrain myself. He literally throws himself at her at the moment she's like, yeah, it's, it's, I guess it's okay. So there's no point where you're watching it and you're like, oh, I guess I can like think around this. <laughs> it, it's just like in your face, right there. And at that moment, I was Desperate. like, the series is at least being, at least it's being true to what it was trying to do in the beginning and then fucking around with all this other real stuff. Because some real person wrote a real good story <laughs> underneath that. I don't know why <laughs> they did it, but they did. And then... The next episode is like right back to a pretty interesting, well-realized dark fantasy. And then the episode, the next episode that ends with another like awkward sexual moment. And then you're just like, oh, it, wh- where am I supposed to be on the spectrum? Am I 
looking forward oh. to learning more about the lore and the world and their dungeon diving and like the cooperation and the collaboration, then you know, their their relationship growing, whatever. Or, or am I just trying to get through that shit to the porn that I'm here for? I'm just thinking of like from an audience perspective, like, like which is it? Because they don't fit together very well. It's just it's so it's a weird experience. It's very jarring. Okay, if but I'm even more so interested because I want to see I want to see like the world building shit with like the dungeon. Yeah, and the thing is, because the porn has to be there, it takes up like thirty percent of the show, and so that means that the remaining seventy percent has to be very efficient about what its scope is and what it's trying to communicate about the world and about these. Because the power system is very interesting. Like you get classes and abilities by doing things yeah so if you're you know and there are requirements for different things and he has some knowledge of the game is this little sao-ish in the sense that he was a he was a, a player but he wasn't god tier like he, he did whatever he just no he just bought the the founders package it was like let's go he just started with a bunch of good stuff oh. but then he realized that even being overpowered is not necessarily the best because if you want to say unlock a, a class or you're dealing with party mechanics and you want your party members to be able to um, unlock classes, he actually has to reduce his power level by a lot in order to create the situations he needs in order to get, you know, wow. more options and more classes and everything. So there's like, there's thought that is put into this. It just, it's, it's, the pieces don't fit. So I, I continue to watch it because I'm genuinely interested in one oh, or man. the other. If you're going to show me some good ass porn, just show the porn. <sighs> I was gonna, gonna watch this like off a... channel, but now I want. Now yeah. I feel like I need to record it. Like fuck. I would almost argue I've not watched the censored version, but I would almost argue that the censored version is probably a better experience if you're just like you wanna enjoy the series and not be beaten over the head with the the porn parts because they don't actually like this is not Ichizoku reviewers right, which is a series that revels in its pornographic aspects, but the story. And the character development, everything in it, all revolves around their sexual experiences. That is a that is pornography with a good story. This is a good story, and then there's pornography grafted onto it, and it doesn't it doesn't accomplish like, I, the the melding of the two. But they're both done at a very high level. I just doesn't do it. It just sounds good to me. It sounds yeah. very it, it probably, so entertaining. It probably. It probably is. And for the people who are not embarrassed to like sample it and see that kind of thing, I think you'll get more out of it than you ever would expect. But I just go back all the time and say like, was this necessary when you have such good stuff that's happening on the other side of the curtain? That's good as well. Well, maybe you know, the it's not... stuff on the other side of the curtain wouldn't have got any attention if the porn was True, harder. right. I agree. And it goes back to how you would watch a little bit of Bastard. And it's like this old show. It's an old concept. It feels dated on purpose. It's trying to be retro. But a lot of the things that are retro is how uh, at, at every turn, there's fan service, there's sexual innuendo, there's partial nudity. But it's not the point of the show. Even the over-the-top gory kills are not the point of the show. Of of the series of the story they just don't feel they feel very 80s when you could just throw that kind of thing into the midst of an otherwise kind of like serious thing and it's like the aesthetic it's not out of nowhere this just feels like 
a, a good hentai studio got greenlit to produce what I assume is a light novel. Someone will probably tell me that it's like there's a light novel out there or a visual novel or something. And they, they put their foot in it. Like it's for whatever the budget was, they constrained the vision enough that all the parts individually are are pretty good quality wise production wise it's just do i feel comfortable getting into like the relationship of these two characters when i know that in the porn scenes i'm hearing his internal monologue and it's like it's none of the things that i like it's it worries me it worries me that like this is sort of a, a type of fantasy that exists in a lot of the other shows that are actually running this season but there's no self-awareness there. There's nothing like the the writer are not the writers are not looking back at me and saying, I know what this is. You know. That's what I mean. Like if it had, at the very beginning, if it wants to be an over-the-top porno, just do that. Yeah. Just do that. There's an audience for that. I respect it. It's not really like my thing, but it's cool. If you want to be a very grounded, hard, um, brutal, um, sort of uh, uh isekai gamified fantasy yeah. story power power fantasy type of story do that focus on that like 90 percent, and then you can sprinkle in you want to have all the women be like you know just quadruple g cups you know and hint at other stuff or whatever go for it i still cannot get over that flash that flashback in season two it's like there's consequences for everything everybody is doing but there doesn't seem to be consequences for the mentality of that type of character and what it says about the audience that it's looking for. So that's Isekai Harem. Okay. I mean, remember slavery, big tits, fan service, grounded, interesting world building. Now look at the other couple of Isekai that are running, including, including overlord, but like black summoner and uh, strongest class sage with the strongest class. Yeah. Black Summoner has a lot more uh, in common with Harem than I thought at all, okay? Because on the surface, it's much more vanilla. There's it is definitely generally vanilla. a lot. Yeah, there's there's generally less fan service. There's obviously no porn component, but like he, the main character constantly says out loud in his own mind that he's trying to build a Harem. He's trying to build a Harem. He's trying to build a Harem. That's what he wants because. Not because just that he's a perv, but this kind of character, again, is a cipher for its audience. The audience likes stories like that. So having the main character express a desire to live out that particular fantasy is a promise to the audience that either he's going to succeed and therefore they're going to get what they want, or that's a point of comedic contention where he's going to try to get that to happen and it doesn't work. Well, we're like four or five episodes deep now, and... A lot of those things, a lot of the same tropes, a lot of the same like you know story construction is there. It's moving a little bit faster, and the story and the world is a little less well developed. But again, there's actually some decent world building. There's some decent character development. There's some interesting ideas about how to do action on a budget because there's more CGI. But it's like they just go for it. They're just like fuck it. Okay, this shot we're totally drawn in, right? This shot, everybody CGI. It looks like I'm watching a cutscene from a video game, like a oh. like not a, a slightly above budget JRPG where they want to like battle in, so they cut to 3D, including oh, like 3D mouth flaps. Oh my god! What? They want to have dialogue that goes between a, a hand animated scene and a, and a 3D one. Also, I had a revelation in the last episode where I think, and I don't know if this is true, 
I think they only made 3D models for the main character and then the Death Knight character because those because the Death Knight is the only character in the show that is almost always CGI in every scene. But the but oh. the our main character Kelvin is only sometimes CGI in the CGI scene. Sometimes he's drawn. And they've added a, a couple of additional party members and they're never CGI. The the you know the the slime when they're in a, have their face and they can emote or is always yeah. drawn. And then there's a new woman, the elf girl, who is a slave who now voluntarily dresses up in a maid outfit. Oh never CGI. my god. Right? But the weird thing is that this one, this series, it's all the same tropes as Harem. He's he's kind of a perv, kind of wants to build a harem himself. He's super overpowered. It's a gamified isekai world. There's a lot more conversation because he has more characters to bounce off of, but it's also probably less well-drawn as a story than Harem was. But, oh, when they do the fan service scenes of, like, the slave girl who wants to share a bed with him, and she's coming on to him. He's like, I want to do this. And then there's a self, self-aware self moment where he's like, he looks at her slave car and says, I can't do that. Right? Oh. Take what you want away from it. But like, again, they're, pl- they're playing with all the same ideas, right? They Almost identical scenes even where the they go stay in an inn and the innkeeper wants to put the, the man and the woman together in the same room and kind of contrive the situation where they have to share beds. It's identical in both series. The the what the girls get undressed. They're sleeping physically sleeping together. The only difference is that one is a hentai, so that the guy just fucks her, just like literally launches himself at his property <laughs> problem. Uh... Uh, and in the other, he's interested in this girl, doesn't force himself, has a line of dialogue that says, "If this goes any further, I won't be able to stop myself," which is super rapey and a very Japanese thing in a lot of series where somehow like. These men, oh, these girls are so hot. They're so hot. If nothing happens, I won't be able to stop myself. So that makes me feel fucking weird right there. Because, like, this is the target audience is into that shit. Yeah. They like that shit. Um, But he stops himself and even has, like, a moment beyond the the self-reflection of this is a slave girl. He says something like, and I'm paraphrasing, but this is making me want to buy a home and settle down. So he's looking at this woman that he has desire for, but he doesn't reciprocate her advances even though again she is property to him and she thinks he's the greatest person in the world because he cured her magical disease you know that she couldn't touch anybody and now he's the only person he could touch meanwhile he's the most boring like i would have <laughs> left if that was that girl and I, I, he clearly up like great instagram time i'll see you later like because i'm hot but instead she's like dedicated to this dude who is like completely uh... un- unlikable but he's like he's just an average guy but they don't do the extra step there's some self-awareness he's adding people to the party now i got the demon girl added now some other shit <laughs> same themes same themes overlord same difference overpowered big character lots of super devoted hot women the Pining only difference in overlord him. is a he, he doesn't want to fuck any of them yeah so that's a positive <clears throat> he doesn't seem to be able to fuck any of them so that's a positive he seems like he's more embarrassed by their come-ons, which get more and more ridiculous as the story goes on. The shit with Sheltier in the second episode of this season where she's, like, desperate to try to sit on his lap, and he's, like, 
I don't want this to happen, but somehow it does. Then everyone, someone sees it. Like I watched it in your lap too. And it's like, why did we waste five minutes with this? Like this is <laughs> embarrassing that this is happening in the show. We have so many other things that are more important that you're wasting scenes on on this shit. You know, uh, uh, Albedo losing her mind every time like he breathes in her general direction or looks <sighs> at her. And she's just like just just ready to. There's like if they could have just had like a water park explode out of her. You know, they her, would. Her undergarments, right? I'm surprised that, they haven't yeah, shown they would, like her dress wet. Yeah, it's like they, because they don't step over that line. But at least there again, there's some self awareness. His goal has nothing to do with collecting women, even though they already collected all these women. It's at least it's better that he thinks of them more as like his friends' kids, like all the characters that are in yeah. as his friends' kids. And at least in th- they're moving the story. There's a lot of interesting stuff happening that's getting the plot moving way more than it was in the last really you know, the last season yep so I, i'm enjoying it and actually looking forward to episodes now especially because we got out of the castle um and they're doing a lot more with the inner monologue side his you know not momonga and not um Ainz, but the original human that is still trying to figure things out as one of my complaints they're fixed that up so that's fun so if you're into it go do that and then the last one i'll talk about is just say is sage with the strongest crest i see where they're going they want to touch they want to do a lot of uh, uh bringing a lot of influences from other shows because they've added a couple of layers to the main character's personality that at least the, if they don't lead to gags they at least kind of explain his decision making yeah like he's obsessed with delicious food so a lot of his moving around in the world is arbitrarily dictated by where there's something good to eat which then creates at least some natural motivation for him to go from place to place he's not a womanizer or a ladies man there's very little in the way of like direct fan service um they have half of their episodes going into the backstory two weeks ago of all of the creatures that he's you know that are part of his team the only problem is that there's not really yet a good villain to motivate like why things are going he's saying there's a plot happening under the surface and getting involved in that but like we spent a whole episode could have been a pokemon episode literally could have been an episode of pokemon the the last one episode five where like there are two assassins they're from the organization that is like um that he's been tangling with and they don't know yet if he's the guy who's fucking with them so they go to watch him and he just wants to get off their list because he's trying to go live his life so he decides that he's just going to try to pretend to be weak and stupid and a layabout so they just assume that the person literally dropping like god's hammer on top of all their plans is isn't him it's somebody else and that's a cool premise the problem is it's a it's so unbelievable. Like the logic makes sense. He's like, I'm a fool. These guys are going to leave me alone. It's cool. But you know, the whole episode that what's really going on is he's going to build up his weakness. He's going to fuck up and then they'll realize he's really super powerful and then he's going to have to kill them. And yeah, so that, that, that part could have been like four or five minutes. It winds up taking like three quarters of the runtime. The other quarter is character development for proud wolf. The wolf who's like a coward, which is good for a gag and actually is what makes the episode very pokemon like because he's pretending like i'm the summoner but my summons are weak so he sends proud wolf out to go fight some local monsters to show off that he sucks right because proud wolf is like you know not great but then because he doesn't believe in him 
Proud Wolf was like, this is my chance to show that I'm actually not the oh, worst no. person or the worst part. So he keeps getting the anime power up on the monsters they're fighting to the point where the, the main character starts buffing the monsters. Oh my God. That, that, that it's making him look like he's too strong because he's got this powerful wolf that's just kicking ass. And it escalates and escalates and escalates until he makes a mistake and leaves too many buffs on a monster that comes and attacks him. And by reflex, he pulls out his overpowered, you know, sword and fucking dissects the dude in one shot. So basically, that's a cool concept for a tiny little story that's kind of funny, except that three quarters of the way in, or maybe 80% of the way in, it completely undermines itself because now he has to go back and just kill these people. So it's like, what actually did we benefit from spending a whole episode on? Not much. But there was character development and things are moving in the direction of a plot. So I'm like, cool. So take if I take these all together, I I just worry when I look at like what what do, what is the audience for this shit? What is the audience? It's these they want power fantasies with uh women in them, subservient and impossibly attractive and attractive to the main character but they only exist to like give compliments they don't have any character of their own and then they also want these like uh just slow moving repetitious yeah they're they're yeah 100 insert but it's like very they're all the same idea every one of these series that some level is playing the same story ideas fuck the isekai part they're just very similar to each other and i don't know how we got like this many <laughs> in one because season. them niggas are like, I buying. I, it. I think I prefer harem like, overall, though. Yeah, probably. yeah, the, because they're buying, they're buying it, they're investing, they're showing the support. So, like, it's pro- it's like different variations of the same person. Yep, that's one hundred percent. They all have blue themed outfits. Yeah, black and blue. Someone's trying to be Kirito light. Black Somebody hair. Else is, I don't even know. Yeah. Oh Lord, I, I want character I and I want villains. Yeah. Give me good characters and villains. Villain, 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 villain. Someone, an antagonist to drive the action of the show, to center things on one topic. He's all like, we're going to wander around a fantasy world. Like, they have the laziest, most bottom of the barrel kind of storytelling because most of these worlds are not interesting. Like, Overlord has a lot of variety. I don't know if any of it is like adding up to a really cool place that I want to know more about. But it's like there's there's variety in there and there's a lot of character. Now, do you like all the characters? Do they make any sense? A lot of them don't. A lot of them are very shallow. But they do qu- they do quantity over quality there. They really okay? do. On the other end of the spectrum, you have something. And yeah, you have like fucking. harem, which the yeah, endless. Well, you know, I didn't want to bring that up, but yeah. there was there was that. Yeah. Uh, harem is like a t- tiny set of characters. Like tiny. We're talking like maybe there's. Like two or maybe three named characters so far at all in the whole. Oh wow! It's so narrow. That's what I'm saying. They don't have they the the hentai gets in the way of doing anything else. But because that the the, the cast is so small, you actually learn quite a bit about who they are in respect to like the world and the world building has to be utilitarian and to the point and interesting. And there is actually quite a bit. I want, I wish that it didn't have those other parts, not because they're bad, but because in the runtime could be filled with learning more about what was going on, you know? So it's these two weird ends of the spectrum. And then in 
series. So that, I don't know. That's like, I don't think I'm ever going to talk about all four of them again. But weirdly, of the four, I'm probably most interested in Harem. Yeah. But, I, but it's not for the reasons I think that the show intends me to be interested in it. And then everything else kind of They wanted horny niggas and they got y'all for something else. Yeah, and it's like, again, it's not even like the stuff else is like a plus it's just like oh there was some thought put in it's of the four uh isekai shows with powers or anything else that are there this system and the systems they have in this one i'm more interested in seeing that kind of a power fantasy than i am in any of the other ones like i don't don't know what that says about either me or that content but it is what it is i think it says a lot about the content did you watch anything Mm, I think I said every day. I mean, the only other thing that I watched, I think I said all the new ones that I had watched. Um, I mean, Classroom is still going. That's banger as usual. Devil's a part-timer still going. The only thing I really had like any like feeling feelings about was Don Machi because we just hadn't brought it up on here yet. And like, I had my reservations, but I am very much so pleased. I'm very pleased. So, so I guess then we can talk about the various either either their premieres or their announcements. Um, yeah, you know, or, or kind of half and half. So you have the Witch of Witch from Mercury had the prologue episode release um, in the last week, and it's really episode one. I mean, I thought uh, we weren't going to see anything of this series, and then I was just scrolling, and it was like, oh boy, it's out, and I expected just like here's a scene. Here's a scene. Here's a scene. Like ten minutes. Yeah. Things so twenty four minutes. I'm like, wait, we get in the we get in the episode episode. Um. So what I'll say about it, um, because the show hasn't come out yet, and we're not in a review mode. If you are interested at all in the next alternate century Gundam, or you just like, hey, people like giant robots. Where do I get in? And oh, on a show from the beginning, boy, this is giving me a lot of the same vibes as IBO. It may not be as brutal overall as even the type of storytelling they're going to be going for. But in this first episode, we see the all the themes that they're setting up for the series. And especially the idea that the Gundams are hated by the public, not because they're war machines, but because they kill their pilots. And so they look at oh. them as an in, in, inhumane weapon to be using. And the main character might be, we don't know, but there may be something about her that allows her to get around one of the side effects that is killing the pilots of it, even though she watches it kill her own father and mother. So that's why Holy she's the set up in the beginning of the story is that she's kind of an unknown person um, with no background that somehow has this Gundam. And, you know, that 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 is a really cool concept. They're, we don't know anything else about it because the prologue was just her as a like six year old, um, and then it oh. ends with how she gets, you know, sent away or uh, separated from everybody. I'm very curious about how then the rest of the main story progresses from here. But I was just like, I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it. Um, music Off great, to a good start. Um, okay, mecha design great i was worried because i'm like i don't don't, i've seen when they go rounded and more like Mm -hmm. um natural looking body shapes in some of the alternate century stuff and a lot of it doesn't look good like gundam age is a perfect example of one where i did not like the mechanical design yeah i did not like i didn't like it 
Um, but this is, it's a nice sweet spot between the very chunky and detail uh, design from IBO and what kind of feels like, I don't even know if, what the where to put this aesthetic, but like some of the, um, you, actually like the, the unicorn, like Gundam unicorn sort of redesigns of uh -huh. a lot of classic suits. Because in the UC um, side of things, like the Gundams kind of got sleeker and sleeker and sleeker. Yeah. And so there's a there's some meld there of like what they were doing in IBO and what they what they were doing kind of the newer UC looking mechanical. Now that you design. say that I about Iron Blooded Orphans, I, the Gundams definitely were kind of chunky in that bitch outside of yeah. Barbatos. They would have this weird. They'd have this weird dichotomy between like very very mechanical, very like industrial looking design. Yeah. And then. Like even in the main Gundam, it's like you have like the upper body is like that, and then like the middle torso is super like yeah. narrow and like you know, and a lot of the suits kind of had that dichotomy even in the in one suit. So this is sort of somehow a mixture of like that design uh, philosophy and the unicorn era. Let's say like let's call it like the 2010s reboot of a lot of the the Gundam designs and more like modern uh, a modern look. Like a lot of the sleeves Zaku stuff was great because these are these round they look very round and less um uh, less industrial less kind of simplified a lot of good details a lot of good special effects and not just battle like to show what it's like in the environments they there's a lot of like little details that i thought were great <clears throat> so i would recommend anyone go and take a look at that if they're excited for the series just speaking check out of gundam if you guys order anything from hobby link japan just know that you probably will be set paying the same price for the shipping as you did for the actual Gunpla. Uh, yeah. So, just a warning, because I learned that myself today. And I was like- You hit me up like, you haven't ordered nothing in a while. I'm like, I know, because that shipping is crazy. Oh my God. I was like, this is the same price. I like, what do you mean you need this for shipping? Oh my goodness. Anyways, um. I'm looking forward to it. I haven't watched it. I like saw that that release, but because it was prologue, I was like, oh, that's probably like five minutes or some shit. Like, I'll just watch the actual stuff when it drops. And now you're mm -hmm. like, it's an episode episode. I'm like, well, shit, let me go ahead and slide on through there. That's probably what's delaying the next super fucking robot wars. They got to <laughs> get her ass in that bitch. Or they have to wait for this season to complete or the yeah, series to know. complete or whatever. Actually, because they're probably going to be doing multiple seasons of this shit if it's like if it's going to hit. So, um, what other news is there? Oh, I mean, this is good news for you. Well, not good news for you, but this is something that you said. But um, no, we're saving that one for last. No, we're not. We're, we're saving yeah. that. We're saving that for last. So, um, Kaju number eight, the anime is coming. Which I I saw someone say that they were like, oh, there's not enough material for an anime yet, and I'm like, huh. No, there there definitely is, but it's gonna be like the spy family problem where they'll get two of the arcs in, uh -huh. and then they're gonna have to wait like two and a half years for there to be oh. enough afterwards to do another two arc kind of series. Okay, that's fine with me. Well, I, I would prefer yeah, for them to know. wait as opposed to doing like superfluous filler. So yeah, and the weird thing is that it's a series that could have a lot of pretty easy to write filler i would not like that if they did it oh. um because it has you know like the the beat of a shonen storyline is always like threat 
train, beat threat, you know, and you come down a bit, and then you go threat, train, beat threat, and you come down a bit. And it, because it has that pattern, if you throw anything in there that disrupts the flow, if like filler or whatever else, the problem is that you need the characters to be learning and improving, and you can't break that off to go waste time because there's really no good spots to where you're not going to have any character development, which is really the issue with filler is that it, you you can't you you're it's on a pathway canon. for the storyline it's not canon or or if it if it's gonna become canon it can't change anything so that's why it feels so um unnatural is because it's like this story that is literally irrelevant where they end has to be where they started for all the characters which is not how you do good storytelling so yeah so i hope they don't i hope they just wait um but it will be good because even if you like very few shows are based on series where the original material could just double as your, um, you know, your uh, uh, storyboard, right? Like there's enough, just so much detail in the artwork, but it could be simplified for TV. I think very, much more easily stylistically than some other stuff. So I'm looking forward to it. I don't have anything else except for the one thing that I care about. Uh, the only thing I will bring up is that um, if you are not someone who is watching Yure Deco, mm. this is a pretty good time. It's about the halfway point for the series. And it's yeah. kind of settled into what is the what I think is like the real rhythm of what they're doing. Because they had to kind of get a lot of stuff out of the way to in the first few episodes. And um, I get a lot out of this show every week. So I would just suggest that if folks have heard about it and they're like, oh, okay, maybe I either want to, I didn't get it, wasn't watching it when it came out. And do I wait till the end of the season or do I start now? I would say this is actually a good place to time to start if you want to watch something while it's airing. So that that's okay. the only bit of a, yeah. But okay, let's talk about what we, what we probably both want to talk okay, about. Okay, so holy shit didn't see it coming y'all know what the fuck we're talking about tower of god season two bitch bitch my niggas and niggas what the fuck i did not i just like i this was so out of nowhere like, I had given up. It has been years since I've given up on a series, like, animated-wise and gone and actually read the material because I was literally just like, I need it more. And all I could think about was, I need more, I need more. And, of course, like, we've talked about it, like, so many times on here. One day, I was just like, I'm just gonna go fucking read it because we're never gonna get it. And now, here we are. Crunchyroll is a... So, the... the this is this is it like they get you they're stuck for the long run that that's it and i ah, ooh, i have reservations but i'm kind of but also i'm just happy that's being done and it can be redone like they can redo it but how fast are they gonna take things like it needs time we can't do this in 12 episodes I have a prediction. If it gets a 12 episode run, they're mm -hmm. only going to do um, the form up to the formation of Team Sweet and Sour. So, okay. that 
that one floor test where you meet Wong Nong and yeah. uh, Akraftor. And, that's what yeah, I was and, thinking it was going to be, but I saw someone say something about the workshop, and I was yeah, like... Yeah, so the key, the no. key art that they released just for the... the uh, uh, only shows I think Wong Wong Nan is in that art. Yeah, and you see like um, and Bam Beale. and his Beale yeah. face. All yeah, right with the long hair. I agree with you. If it's twelve episodes, that's all I want to see. If that's if that's yeah. all we got, I only want to see that um, whatever the whatever floor that is. I don't remember which one it was. I only want to see that one. Um, but if we get more, even if it's not a twenty-four episode order, even if it is a say a 16 or an 18 yeah i am fine with them compressing that particular story if we could just get the workshop battle problem with the workshop battle a lot of problems there's a lot there's a lot there's a lot going on there's a lot yeah there's actually a hell it's so much more in the workshop battle than there is in that like you know king of the red light district stuff like prior is i i think I think one is 40 chapters and the other is like 80. Yeah. So there's the distribution of what you do with that story. I just feel like you don't get your the bang for your buck unless you do the workshop battle because it is such an important part of the story. This is yeah. kind of like a preview or prologue to the workshop battle. It is. Battle. It and is. chapters, like... The way you should produce forty chapters is a like a twenty episode or maybe eighteen episode uh, call, right? For a season order, you should be about two or two and a half chapters per episode to really, and even that involves cutting down a lot, even in a normal length manga. But like that's usually a good enough ratio for what would be a uh, two core or a little shorter than a two core. Yeah. Uh, if they're trying to do the workshop thing, I would I would almost say call it like a season in a movie because the workshop battle has to get a lot of attention. All of and, and there's like multiple stages. Get... All the stuff like getting first of all getting onto the boat is its own long ass thing that has a lot onto of the boat parts. the night before the fucking battle. Right. Yep. That's like... right. The, for the actual tournament on the boat. Yes. Them re- coming back with Veal and he actually, you know, meet, meets the team again. Yes. And then the final battle, which involves like uh, uh Fug, Fug. Dude. Yeah, Oh, yeah, yeah. All, all, right. The multiple betrayals. You don't, then you're not going to have the, you cannot, absolutely cannot have another God of High School situation. They got away in season one of, ta- of, Tower of God cutting a lot of material. And you know what? Because the stuff that they removed. I didn't even know how much they cut until I went and read it and I was like, Jesus Christ. Yes. They got away with cutting a hell of a lot of material. It but can't most work. of it. Yeah. Most of the stuff they cut was like um conversations that secondary characters had, and they excised basically all of Endorsey and Bam's relationship building. Yeah, almost they cut almost a hundred percent of it out of the story entirely. You know, like it's you look here like it's crazy actually because if you get to the end, if all you did was watch the show and then like you got more of Endorsey and a knack like yeah going at each other or like tolerating each other, yeah, then you did bam and that 
storyline is the motivation for everything that happens up through and past the world. Like, I don't know how you get that back. I don't know what you do about that. Because the Dorsey's willing to go to lengths for this dude who, in the TV series, she, like, ate lunch with one Once time. and talked to Rachel about him in the fucking bathroom. Like, yeah, right. But, yes, in the bathroom. And there was one hallway scene between her and Rachel, I think, where they passed it. That is it. Like, that's the extent. They cut all that shit and a lot more. So, I don't know. I don't know what they do. Uh, I don't know what to even hope for. Should we hope for a big season order? Or do we hope for a shorter and they only just do that one little bit? I'm just going to say I'm happy for now. Okay. I don't, I don't, I don't want to curse it by, like, saying something that I... I, I mean, I'm I'm happy, I'm nervous, but also I just feel like it, it, the more attention it get it gets, the better. That like the that that's about it. I just I didn't think I was gonna see this shit animated for another like ten years before someone else like picked it at up. At all. Yeah, or at, at all. all. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I thought they dropped this shit and they were just gonna own the rights and let it die. But they're continuing, which it this is a humongous undertaking. Like if they're gonna keep going, it's 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 oh my god! Like that's a huge fuck. But they have the money now. They have more than enough money to do it. So I don't want it to be. I think I saw also someone else say they were like they should just make Tower of God um a weekly series, and I just I don't think that's gonna work. There now it could oh, no. with the amount of stuff. That's in it. It could be, but they'd have to start all over. Like they, there's. They... <sighs> that's a bad idea, and the reason why it's a bad idea is that it has nothing to do with the amount of content. It's about how episodes are produced under different circumstances. When mm. you get uh, uh, what we are we would call like a seasonal order, so that's usually for twelve episodes. Yeah. You get to backload about, I want to say about 70 to 80% of your production prior to when the series starts. And then usually there's some lingering stuff left over. Like you'll have maybe six episodes in the can totally done. The next like four episodes are mostly there. They probably need either like finishing touches or other you know post-production and then maybe you when you start the season there might be the last couple episodes which are 50 percent of the way finished but maybe like you know you're gonna spend your next two months getting those episodes together yeah and that's why when series go oh when they have a production problem like i would argue that like um 86 was it the yeah 86 the last episode of world trigger mm. um uh, there's like a couple of those out there what happened was Wonder they came Ed. in, yeah. right? They they probably came into the season not you know eighty percent finished, but maybe sixty percent. And so those last episodes that were part of the order, they got they were behind they were behind on, and that's why they get pushed out of cycle. When you do a weekly like Black Clover, a lot of things gotta change. Number one, the amount of money that you usually get per episode is a lot lower. Okay, so that's that's the big biggest issue for what you want to call like a prestige series. Yeah, I think um, who does a who's who's doing Tower of God? Was it um, 
It's not A1. What was it? another big one that we, that we like? Uh, was Mappa doing Tower? I think Mappa no. did Tower of God. Wait, Mappa did Tower sure. of God? They didn't? I think they did. Maybe I'm wrong. Someone, I don't, I don't remember who did it. I'm not looking it up right now. But I, um, I can't remember either. I'll look it up. I, Go ahead. Regardless of, of who did it, when they got their series order, and they got it way like a, over a year and a half before the show actually aired, they could finish what they needed to. The show was basically, in fact, the thing that held up the production, if I remember right, was the recording for the music because they had to go to Russia and uh, record live. Kevin Pinkin and that Russian uh, opera band, a band, um, uh, uh, it was, I don't know, it was, a, it, was a, it, was a, it was a Russian production for a lot of the music, right? And it was, it was live, it was on site. So that actually was probably the biggest time sink uh-huh was that part you go weekly bruh even if you're only going to do one year's worth you don't get to have half or more of your production in the bag at that point you're guaranteed to run into time crunch even before a quarter of your aired season is running because you're not done with yeah. most of those episodes that are going to come at the end of the year and at best you might get like a few weeks here and there off of your production schedule to catch up. But that's why you see things like when Dragon Ball Super was running and they would have these like episodes that were very clearly, they just said, fuck it. Because like, if we don't just stop like doing the corrections and everything, we're, we're actually not going to meet our schedule for the next whatever episode. So that, and they'd come on the Blu-ray and be like, oh, we fixed this, we fixed this, we fixed this. And you know, remember all those memes of Goku's face? How yeah. it looked uh, ridiculous, right? That's the that's what you run into when you go weekly, even if you got all this material to cover. It would have been better for the quality to have it split and give that production team time to rest, but also time to get ahead of the work for the next season. So as much as I would love for like Tower of God to drop with like a 52 episode order and we're going to get Tower of God all year, I just don't think that's going to be any good. So that's why I thought like, oh, if they get a 12 up, 12 uh, or one core order, let them do that one little arc, 40 mm-hmm. chapters. You don't need to cut too much. I mean, it's not going to happen, but you know, you could, you could, you could slow things down a bit and then maybe do a movie. If you want to cover the, the workshop battle, because that format is easier to manage It take a couple of years to do, but like, that's good. Alternatively, you're going to have to jam 80 to 90 chapters worth of material into another core. I don't, I don't know about that. They just need to spread it out. Just do 12 at a time. Spread it out. It, it's yeah. gonna be like fucking 50 seasons anyway. So like just spread it out. It'll take time to animate this. You know? I wouldn't even be shocked if some of the producers who were on season one will be dead by the time it is finished animating all the content yeah it's very likely actually that they will probably be dead if such a thing were to happen um so i wanted to pick your brain also on another side of this which is to my knowledge i think this is the only series that is officially under the crunchyroll original banner that was announced or is at least expected to continue uh, air next year at all i mean period i don't think that is there anything else no we haven't heard anything about tower of god but i remember you said that you heard from someone that they're like they're they were like throwing ideas around 
for for originals. Yeah, they are. But as of right now, the only one that would I mean, okay, if you include their uh, collaboration on Shenmue, which aired on Adult Swim originally, it is technically under the um, Crunchyroll Originals umbrella. Yeah. But there's and pretty I... much nothing else, you know? Like, the studio's I don't even know telecom what happened. animation film. Yeah, but that studio is a bunch of ex-people from somewhere else. So I think that they were um, yeah, they were... X-A1 or x <laughs> Um, fuck, where's that thing at? Yeah, I have no idea where they came from then. Because I don't... They, I, they did brother, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Or like, no, they were like over Bones or like collaborated with Bones on Brotherhood. Maybe, it was, maybe that's what I'm thinking. Like they're... One of those top studios, a lot of the people in it are former... Whatever. Oh, it's not okay. coming to mind exactly who they are. Um, But like, okay. So things that they're now considering originals... And and I'll and you uh, I'll ask what your opinion is on this. So, Fina Pirate Princess, primarily funded by uh, Warner Media, mm-hmm. primarily. So that wasn't Crunchyroll, and I think they were the ones who uh, I think did Bones actually do that one? Was was Bones behind Fina? Fina? No, Fina. Who was behind? Who was behind Fina? Pirate Princess, Kaizoku. It was not bone production IG. Production IG. Okay. If you actually look at, at the series that they have now roped in under the Crunchyroll original banner, um, Crunchyroll slash Sony is not paying for them. They are not managing any of the studios that are doing them, and in a lot of cases, they're not really even uh, involved in the uh, what do you call it, the production group. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's literally just a rebrand. All of them, you know, that that were paid for by someone else, managed by someone else, and whatever. Crunchyroll's original strategy was they were going to uh, be part of the production group. They were going to finance a lot of those series, and they were going to be involved in the production of both original stuff, as like they made, they had their own, um, or part of the finishing, um, like the polish. They they they, they subcontracted a bunch of studios do that. As far as I know, after the release of all, all the staff on High Guardian Spice, Crunchyroll doesn't actually have any uh, either partner studios or internal studios doing much of anything right now. I don't think That's so. From what I know. Yeah. Power of God, which I basically wrote off as never existing again, is strictly happening because Webtoon and Naver have more money than God and (laughs) seem to have just forced the issue because the only way they can release it um, in America is through Crunchyroll because of the weird contractual IP situation they entered into with them like five or six years ago or five, maybe it was five years ago. This is such a weird situation to me because like the original's banner doesn't mean anything right now. As far as I'm concerned, like any of the things I listed, do you consider Fina a Crunchyroll show? No. No. The Blade Runner Black Lotus. Is that a Crunchyroll show? No. Shenmue, is that a Crunchyroll show? No. High Guardian Spice, that's a Crunchyroll show. <laughs> 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 yeah. You know, and you could just go to, you could, you go to the list. So it, 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 I, I'm just trying to get my brain around what the fuck is a Crunchyroll original? What does that even mean? It's like what Netflix does, they just put their name on it. 
But Netflix is still do. They're still well, investing they in their strategy. Yeah, they yeah, they yeah. they still do that. I mean, the the thing about Netflix, even though there's been all this uh, collapse of their animation division, a lot of like the kid, the kids in YA especially, yeah. that part of it, they have been committed to their strategy of we're just going to fund other studios to go make stuff that that airs directly through us, and then on top of doing that. We also um, license stuff into their Netflix originals program that was just made in general. Because I think Isekai Uncle is one of those shows, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. It's and a, that one yeah. is, it's designed actually more for, it comes out, it's simulcast. It's released on both Japanese and Amer- and uh, West sides of their platform simultaneously. This is like ja- Japan only. And they are uh, uh, broadcasting it week to week. For the Japanese audience, because that's how the viewing pattern is different over there. So I buy what is a Netflix original, right? I totally buy. It. I know what they're paying for. I know how they 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 funnel their releases. You know, I know the studios they like to work with. They don't really have any in-house anything over there. So like, at least I, I understand that system. I'm gonna get and the and then their strategy of like buy, uh, buying old IP that nobody wants, bastard. Um, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Spriggan, um, the Western Grappler Baki stuff or whatever. Like they clearly are moving forward with whatever that strategy is. I don't have any fucking idea what Crunchyroll is doing at all. I, I don't think no they have an idea. I think they're probably still trying to figure it out. But you saying that like Webtoon forced this shit through for a Tower of God. I'm glad because I had zero faith that this was going to happen. That that actually explains it a lot to me. The fact that they were like, "This is too huge for you to just sit on this fucking like IP license. Like, do something, or we'll meet. We'll like, yeah, right. Like they have like they have the past. before. I don't know if you got this vibe. My and I, I can't confirm this. I mean, I probably have people I could ask who could clarify a little bit. But my gut feeling is that back when they announced that slate of um, manhwa adaptations, and it was this part of this big deal that they had with Webtoon mm-hmm. to bring a lot of those product products over, I got the feeling that it kind of was Crunchyroll trying to hoover up a bunch of IP that a lot of other um, venues or companies that could have been involved didn't see a lot of value in. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. at the time, Webtoons were huge, but they weren't uh, ubiquitous. And outside of Korea and China, there was a lot of resistance to adaptations of webtoons through traditional anime studios. It, it had happened plenty of times. I mean, you go down the list of like Korean uh, IPs that you don't realize are Korean. You know what I mean? Like they'll have a Japanese name, so you'll just lose track of the fact that, that it came from the other side. But it felt like Crunchyroll was in control. They were leveraging their... Uh, um, the size of their audience base in the U.S. and kind of like, I don't know, it's, I don't want to say taking advantage of it. it's too strong a word, but they thought that they were buying into something that was um, they were bigger than, and they were you know they were cornering a type of market, but it was a small market. Today, with Tower of God getting announced and the failure of all their other shows, it almost feels like the role has reversed, yeah, and that Crunchyroll as a subsidiary of Sony is kind of being like bullied around or at least used by uh webtoon and neighbor 
who have been making money hand over fucking fist, you know, over that entire period, just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And uh, the I think I just think the roles in this deal have somehow flip flopped. Where like Crunchyroll's like we're kind of out of the originals business. We've cut all of our studios. This plan is over. All the executives who were pushing it are no longer with the company. And uh, Webtoon stuck their hand up. Is like, hey motherfucker, uh, I'm pretty sure we had a deal for you to produce multiple seasons of this shit, and we want it done. And it's our money anyway. So get to fucking stepping. Yeah. And we got what we got. But that's what I feel. I don't know if that's actually true. But well. Yeah. Whatever happened, I'm just glad that we are getting it. Although, if whoever was in charge of the first season is doing this one, I hope they learned their lesson. Uh, and if it's new people, then I hope they paid attention. I mean, I feel like this is almost the same thing with like Yasuke and um, fuck, what was his first one again? Shit. Oh, Damn. uh, uh, I see it in my head. Fuck, I see it too. Yeah. (laughs) But like, it's one of those things where it's kind of just like, you're giving it like, there's another chance has been given. So like, let's make this like, let's Mm -hmm. show the growth. Let's show the lessons were learned. And like, that will let people be forgiven or that will encourage people to be forgiving in case that, you know, because I'm not expecting it to be fucking perfect and flawless. It's a lot of material. They're going to have to cut. But it's what you cut, how you do it, and just like, just do not stuff the workshop arc into four episodes. Like, I, would, I okay, swear right. to God. That I would, uh, I have I some big problems. Swear to God. Like, then you might just don't even keep going. There's I too, would have there's too much foreshadowing. Big problems. There's too much foreshadowing in that arc alone with Bomb not even part of it. You cannot yeah. cut. Like, you cannot condense it. It's just not fucking possible. Okay, so the only thing I will guess at, if you were gonna cut shit down, not from the workshop arc, but from the uh, the, the bit with, with Wong Na and all that stuff, you could probably get away with losing a lot of the first part of that story. Yes. Where, like, all you gotta do is just show him like in debt, working as like what is it pizza? I was gonna dude? say that, yeah. You know, we can we don't you know, need like, his he, full history of him suffering in that city for like yes. those years. I don't care yeah, about that. Yeah, we don't we don't need that shit. We can even just like the ring in three scenes, just the ring. Yes, yeah. In three scenes, we could just introduce that character, tell us his situation, um, have his final invite, and then have him go to the test like location, and then just show everybody who's gonna be there. So we get the full cast, and we can do that in like and half start an and start yes, the test. And just go real, go right exactly. Just go right in. I don't know if that saves you enough time to do more than just tell the that part of the story very cleanly. I don't think that part is actually sure like super duper necessary. I think like the interactions and how everything starts to get formed. That's the more important part of that. Um, and also, yeah. there really isn't that much foreshadowing because like whatever what is foreshadowed with him comes up several times like yeah throughout the remainder oh, of the story. Oh, and I just realized oh no, there's also the scene before all that where you see Kuhn Oh, oh no, 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 no. I expect the season to start with that scene. But if they I'm just saying, there's a... If they cut a, that scene, I'm going I'm to rage. Like, if you're really serious about what you could do to that you could lose no. as much of the no. details we did in season no. one, that, no. that could be a place no. that they no. look at and they're Actually, like... Actually, 
you know what? They might do with what they did in season one. I think they moved something around. Yeah, they did. They moved the in the very first scene where Bomb and Head On and um and Rach and well, yes, Bomb and, and Head On. You don't realize that Rachel was there the whole time. Yeah, in yeah, yeah, the yeah. Original Monwa, you do see you do that see her yeah. in those like he leaves, Bomb goes, and then it goes right to, oh, I see you over there. You know, Rachel was there and she saw that she questions like, why did he get help? Why did da, 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 da? and he's like, oh, the tower didn't choose you. And then all that. So the, all that stuff they put at the end, the last episode was in the first chapter of the Monwa, or second, maybe it was the second chapter. Yeah, second, because it ends with her. The first chapter ends with us being re- being revealed that she was there. The second chapter begins with him talking to her. And then at the end of that chapter, Bomb wakes up in the in the field for the first yeah the first test of the, the floor test yeah so they cut that so things like that moving some stuff around I don't mind I don't mind you move some stuff around though they I, it cannot quite... cut that that was my favorite part because that was one of the first chapters of me like getting beyond the first the first season of the anime and that yeah. I was just like hey no. I was like, oh my, it just, it shaped the entire fucking thing. I was like, I can't wait for them to get this bitch. And right, I mean, right. and what we are, well, we all don't know. We know what happens. Y'all, 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 some of y'all are probably just being like, why the fuck do y'all talk about this shit so much? Because it's good. just, fuck. it's like, it's the, it's, it's our one, show. One of the <laughs> best fucking IPs like of our time. Like my God, and I hope home. I hope see you is recovering or to getting the rest that he needs. Cause you 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 can't just reintroduce that bitch and disappear like that. Yeah. Like ah, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, they can't. If they cut that scene, like I I will cyber bully like the oh, intern. Oh. Like I I will do it. Like oh. I will cyber bully. I'll be like, no one cares. Like the. Oh my god! Oh my goodness! No, they have to know that that like is necessary. That's like them cutting. That's like them cutting the scene where Rachel like shoots that nigga's like legs out. Like it, like no, like it, it, it's all of that is. Oh. But then that's gonna be the problem. What are they gonna judge is is worthy? Mm. So it's coming. Do I feel like I want any? the other visited i don't think i do um i love god of high school but i don't think there's a way that they can unwind no the 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 production of that first season reading through god of high school ultimately is just completely different experience like as you've said but like also reading through those arcs myself and then seeing going back and like tiptoeing through the episodes i'm like what the fuck? There were like so many chat. There was so much shit that happened in between this. Like, what? They did it. They rushed yeah. to get to the action. And a lot of the things that they rushed to get to weren't even the things that you would want to rush to get to. Like, you know, I don't, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but like that whole wedding angle. They spent a whole episode on that. Like, there was no reason to do any of it because the fact that the, how do I say this? There are things that you can just say, you know what? We're going to cut it, scrap it. We're going to speed through this. We're going to reduce it to a couple of lines. 
I mean, I get it. You know, you you got you had an ambitious target, but at least choose the right parts to get your pacing back down to normal before you rush out. They would spend time on things that, to me, I was like, hey, that's the part you should have cut. Yeah, other stuff was like jarring because it happens so there's things that you can do fast or faster that actually don't come off as bad but like there are other things that are fine when they're slow but become unbearable and terrible when you put it on like ultra fast forward i don't know how to say that but sort of like you know when you make a meal there's there's times when you can cut corners and it's okay and there's other times where like cutting corners fucks up the chemistry yeah and that that happened there so i don't think i want to see them come back to that property which is a fucking shame because god of high school just from a content point of view easily could be up there with any other major shonen ip if you can do black clover right which it's a it's actually a difficult series on paper to get right and it took them a while it took it took the yeah um, it did studio piero a long time to figure out like how do you present and pace this story which i would argue in manga form is paced very well it's just at a consistent high clip every single chapter oh. but you're going chapter by chapter yeah I, that's why I, that's one of the things like, i never thought that black clover was like oh you know should be in this upper tier of anything but one of the things i enjoyed about reading the manga was that it wasn't boring because it kept moving at like the same pace pretty much until the much more recent stuff where you have like fights that take you know god knows how many episodes to just get through so you know like it's one thing where you have to take a slow series and make it faster or take a fast series and make it slower it's really it's something completely different to take a you know a well-paced series and then figure out where you have to make it faster or make it slower in order for it to work for TV. Yeah. God of High School is one of those challenges. They failed, but they may have failed in such a way that we just don't get it ever again, which is a shame. Or by them, maybe someone yes, else. They fucked that it up. up. Yeah. yeah. Well, else I don't know if anyone up. can pick it up because of that that weird deal that. Uh, How long is that uh, deal supposed to last? I that's the thing. I don't know a lot of the details, but I just know that um, these IP, the ownership of the Western distribution, um, okay, is now owned by Sony through Crunchyroll. Oh, so that's probably that's all I know. Yeah, and they're not uh, they're not on the production team for it. So it's one of the. This is actually not. I mean. Again, another topic, but uh, this is a problem that has fucked over a lot of my favorite media. One of the reasons, for example, like it, it's taken forever to get any Robotech. more Marvel. Well, no, Robotech oh. is a perfect, is a good example. No, no, Harmony Gold is actually an evil company that <laughs> hate money. They're idiots. I was gonna say something more like um, the like Marvel versus games. Where oh. when the deals were made for, you know, all of that intellectual property to be used by Capcom, they were made when Marvel games didn't even exist. It was just Marvel, the comic company, and they mm -hmm. were licensing out to all sorts of different people, all sorts of things. But they gave, uh, let's see if I get, the, if I remember this right. So they gave certain companies exclusive deals for 
like all video games, right? So like uh, EA or I don't know if EA, probably EA. You now have rights to all of our video game stuff. Well, that was when they were owned by Disney. Their rights for all the stuff before that are like in ten thousand different places. Yeah, you know now, and and that's and that has made it almost impossible to do things like re-release the original Marvel versus Capcom because Disney's not gonna let that shit happen ever. Right, or they they have to renegotiate all of that stuff, and it's like before they could just say you could just use whatever you want, right? That's your license. Go pick some characters and use them however you want. In 2022, maybe the depictions of the characters in those games are something that Disney might actually object to. Yeah. Or they wouldn't want all of those characters in the game. Or they would want to have separate licensing deals for each one. Because Iron Man's value as an IP in you know 1994 is, is very different than it is in 2022 after a bunch of mainstream hollywood movies that made a billion dollars you know what i mean so because of that i can't get any more of that stuff or you have they have to find loopholes to like get these games out same here i think is that they sold the rights to the distribution of a lot of this ip in animated form under one deal Everything about the power dynamics, management, strategy has changed in five years, and they fucked some of them up. You know what I mean? Like, Noblesse is fucked. Oh, I didn't even give that a try. God of High School is fucked. Like, as an IP, it's worth less to the distributor because they were the ones who fucked it up. But they don't own it, and the only hit they got that was critically acclaimed was Tower of God. And so they may have gotten strong-armed a little bit into... Wait, is Penkin doing the music again? I would hope so. I would assume so. I assume. I'm just going to assume he is. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I would. it would be a It would be a real L if... Uh, yeah. I mean, this just so has me gonna, excited to go back and read through. Just go back and read through the workshop art and then probably just read through all of it all over again. Anyway, oh, I did that like six months ago. It was great. Yeah. I forgot so much stuff in there. Um, Which is probably still coming up to this day. Oh, 100%. 100%. So, that's all I got to really say about that. I don't know you know, any more details other than a lot of people got fired. And, and uh, <laughs> on the Crunchyroll side, a lot of people got let go as part of the merger with... Oh. Um, or the acquisition by sony yeah and almost none of the people who were in charge of the originals program still work for the company so you deal with that information which you want i don't even know if that's necessarily a a bad thing but it's a weird situation because they didn't announce anything else Mm -hmm. we'll see hopefully it doesn't like not come after they announced it uh, well, I don't need that energy. I want to. So I want to keep my optimism. Yeah. Let's let's keep that shit. <laughs> There's plenty of stuff to keep us busy in the meantime, anyways. Facts. Um. What? What else? I mean, that's but, that was the all. That was the only me. news I cared about, to be honest, y'all. Um. Y'all already know what my recommendation is gonna be. It's it's fucking it's fucking Xenoblade Chronicles three. Like I've, I've I have not moved, for the most point. For the most part, um, it's so it's so it's just good. It's just good. Um, how do I how do I say it? I don't 
I know a lot of people hated Xenoblade 2 because of the anime-ishiness, tropes, shit like that. But I have to say I miss it <laughs> for Xenoblade 3. It's like a mixture of like 1 and 2, which isn't bad, but the... I, I don't know. That, no, that's kind of like spoiler-ish. Anyways, yeah, it's really good. Go get it, you guys. Um, it's it's one of the... It's just... I, I'm going to no-life the game. I'm going to 100% it. Like, well, I already know-life it story-wise. I'm almost done with the story. But even that took a fucking long time. The class system is fucking addictive as fuck. Um, although the one thing that I do think or I wish that they would have done is... For the classes, when you like look in the menu, you can see all the classes. I wish they hadn't put that there because it's easy to like go and look at like the class and kind of like the outfit and basically be like, oh, I know who that is. Or like, oh, I know who this is. Yeah. The person there. It kind of like spoils a lot. A, yeah. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. And I like, I noticed that like the moment the classes were unlocked and I got that menu, I was like, oh shit, I can just see like everything here. Yeah. So, but still, it was still a, well, not, it was still, I'm still playing it right now. Like this fucking boss battle is taking me like an hour right now. <laughs> it's fucking paused. <laughs> um, it's really fucking great. Um, entertaining and the animatedness is there. The chain attacks, the, I would, oh wait, my favorite part is the, are the, the no pond are fucking phenomenal. The, those voice lines, whoever is the, the writer this time around for the no pond, Fucking phenomenal, phenomenal job. Especially whoever I, did Riku's shit. Like I hated the Nopon characters and other. Well, not hated. I found them to be uh, jarring. Mm -hmm. But in this game, they finally managed to do justice by making those characters both comic relief and funny. Because that's how this motherfucker. How does motherfucker have an afro? This this motherfucker Riku. What? <laughs> I have no. I just. I'm just like on? whatever. No, it's the it's the dialogue. Even for the yes. nopon who aren't voiced. Yes. So there's one nopon at one of the camps where you talk to him, where he's literally just like, yeah, shouting. I just love. No, he's not shouting. There's one who's just like, don't you just love selling shit with the backdrop of war and and destruction? <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> I was like, what the fuck are you my, talking about? My favorite two conversations in the entire story are the ones that take place outside of the uh agnian colony that is where you meet the the archer what is her name oh called tau calling tau. tau right so it's yeah. like in the it's like in the middle of the in the, no, the maybe. yeah but yeah. there's a conversation that happens between manana and the rest of the party about the nature of what is good and what is evil and they do an excellent job of oh, actually yeah. explaining um moral relativism and then also nihilism where she, she where manana is asking like what is what makes the bad guys actually bad and at first the party is like well you know they they're they're evil well, why are they evil because they kill called... people well don't we kill people yes yes and, yeah and it's like well yeah and then and they have a, a little bit of trouble with that and that's that's a stretch of the game where prior to this uh they go into like the the, the philosophical underpinnings of, of nihilism but like as a both a positive and a negative philosophy and i'm like they're doing a lot there's something about the way this game presents its 
character interactions i just appreciate i appreciate oh, it so much my god um they go i love the cast go on forever but they're but they're, but they're interesting and people they actually are think they, they are working out ideas that are hard to find an answer to all the time so i really like that yeah she gagged their asses like very quickly i like that yeah. i like R- riku has some good moments too um throughout it but also i'd like riku as the comedy relief because yeah. uh, if you if you switch to uni as your character she'll sometimes say yeah uni's the boss and then if you start a a battle like right after that she'll be like all right the boss is about to get in it and then riku will literally say you're not the boss of riku and i'm like <laughs> what i was like what it who came up with these interactions? Like, there's just a lot of like quality of life, like small like underpinnings where I'm just like, this is just it's it's just good. Like the details yeah. make it so much better. They didn't need to do this shit. They could have just been like battle start, boom, 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 boom. But it's the character interactions and the heroes as you go throughout the whole game and like you get to like certain points in the story and you take like different heroes to different colonies. Their voice lines change. Like everything oh, cool. in the yeah, everything in the game <laughs> is constantly like changing based off of where you're at in the fucking story. Um, yeah, I I great. think that um, so I haven't finished the game, but I probably will. And there's a lot of really good ideas. Some of them are a little bit more limited than I wish they were. Um, but it's fine because you know the it's you gotta remember this is a switch jrpg yeah and they're they're pushing that engine which they've now been using for i want to say like five years oh my nintendo pretty hard screams bloody murder while i play the game yeah like it's the same engine that the last xenoblade chronicles um was written with well, i'm saying written but was produced within so it's not like a so this isn't like the re engine right this is not gonna yeah um, you know do some crazy shit so they're pushing it pretty hard and of course, like the game is long and has quite a bit of supplementary material. My only like quibble with it is that once you kind of get halfway into the story and you have a lot of like side quests, their UI system and the way in which you manage and even get through a lot of those side quests is very clunky. And it makes no. some of them just feel like chores. But it oh. but that doesn't take away from the game. Like yeah. the game in and of itself is very, 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 very good. Um, but I just wish that they had done things. For example, like they gate a lot of the quality of life um, improvements in the overworld behind the um, colony system, the colony yeah. favor system, which is a, an incredible grind to get to some of the higher levels. Yeah. And I don't know if I if I really like that idea because it means that uh i'm spending a lot of time in the overworld doing things in order to make my time in the overworld less tedious and that that cycle something about that seems wrong i feel like i should probably be spending my time on things on like other activities that are not such a not so repetitive or if they're gonna be repetitive don't involve the kind of like uh traversal through empty spaces maybe other things mini games or uh, uh other systems yeah. to get there because for example like your pickup radius and your walk speed those two things shouldn't be i shouldn't Upgradable. have to grind 
Yeah, or if they are upgradable, I should not have to grind for 20 hours to get enough, like, uh, points to push, you know, 10 colonies up high enough so that I can run a little faster. I feel like those types of quality of life things should be done a different way. Maybe you get, like, you know, um, vehicles earlier. There's one particular one that Mm. is necessary for the story. Or be able, once you unlock your... um, uh what's the name of the the um ouroboros form that like that maybe at that point in the story is when you unlock faster travel on the overworld map not just teleporting or other things like that right because they put these like even the pickup radius stuff when you're late in the game and you've got to do a lot of quests that involve uh like there's one quest that you get right right at like chapter three or four where you have to find uh, 50 of a particular... Oh, yeah. I um, didn't finish that shit. ...item drop. Yes. And the reason why it's a pain in the ass is because it's in one zone that you can find them. It's a random pickup. And you have to basically, like, run through the zone in order to see if it if it's spawning on the ground anywhere. Things like that are... You have to get 50 of them. You might find, like, two. Yeah. Given their rarity system. Um, it's things like that are what I, I would consider like padding the length of even some of these side quests. And there's other things that qual again, quality of life, that part of it, not a big fan, but the game itself, you know, end to end, just like playing the story, the battle system, the class system and its freedom, the various like, uh, skill unlocks. Awesome. And the characters are great. The dialogue is really good. Um, yeah, I like all that stuff. It's just that piece is annoying. Yeah. I will say, um, I'm like, yeah, I'm at the final, I'm in the middle of the final battle right now. And if you enjoyed the climax shit for Xenoblade 2, oh, you're going to fucking get your entire life for this shit. Like, it's really fucking good. <laughs> like, it's like, I was hooping and hollering. Um, it's, it's, it's the, like, I think this is what a lot of reviewers were talking about when they were just like, there's one just like ongoing scene of just like insanity. It's, it's the, it's the, probably the, the, the final shit, the final stuff. So like, yeah, it's, even if you don't want to do all the side content, just beat the story, just beat the story. It's, it's fucking worth it just for that fucking scene or, well, I haven't even beat the story myself, but everything that's leading up to it and what I'm in the middle of, I'm just like, oh my God, this nigga's like one shot me and shit. Like, I'm like this and that. And the fuck, yeah, it's, it's good. It's enjoyable. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm just, I see why they moved the date from like September to now, because I just, what else is going to happen? Also, it makes me really excited to see what's going to come with the Breath of the Wild 2. Because I know a lot of these people want to go work on Breath of the Wild 2. So if this is what they're doing with this, because I do, I think they did a lot with the system as far as like the draw distance. And just like certain areas, like you can sit, you can like look out from certain areas and see like certain colonies from a completely different area and shit like that. And I'm just like, this is a lot. Like, oh my God. But also, my switch is burning to pieces. So huh. there's also that. Yeah. Um, okay. I think my recommendation is something that I talked about a little bit online. Um, another manhwa, surprise, surprise, I've been oh. reading lately called uh, The Story of a Low-Ranked Soldier. 
becoming a monarch. Um, so I, I want to be very careful because what I will say will sound like I'm comparing it to some absolutely fantastic generational pieces of art. And I'm only just using them as a method of comparison. Okay. So it's a, what I would like to, so this is a, um, what I call like an internal isekai. So the, it's, it takes place in a fantasy world. The main character dies after having lived a very shitty life, not getting where he needed to go and dies in a pretty horrible way. And then through his method of reincarnation, reincarnates back into his own body, but earlier. So it's kind of time travel, oh. kind of isekai, but it's it takes place all within the same fantasy world. And he comes back not as a child, but um, as a young man. So there is a war that's happening that the way it played out the first time, he lost a limb and then had to spend the rest of his life um, as a mercenary compensating for that fact. And so in the process, kind of taught himself how to be um, resourceful and dangerous and kind of like cut corners and cheat in order to win, but because he was not strong. Everything he tried to do that would require strength or skill or dexterity or anything else like that, he could never achieve whatever that top rank of it could be and instead had to find other ways around it. So it presents itself very straightforwardly like that, that he's gone back in time to a point where right before horrible things happened to him and horrible things happened to the world. And he sets his sights on not just overcoming it and saving the lives of people who he cared about, whose fate was horrible um, because of the flow of history, but later and even though it's in the title it doesn't really happen until you know maybe the end of the first major arc he kind of decides that the only way that he can really um change what feels like an unchangeable history is to reach the very pinnacle of the society that he lives in and the pinnacle of strength and the pinnacle of everything else so it gets to the same beats that a lot of isekai do yeah. where it's ultimately a power fantasy it's ultimately about um, you know, rewriting wrongs and saving certain people's lives. But it doesn't go as far as many of them do to try to make every situation one in which the main character has to be perfect and they have to shock and surprise everyone and save every life and become the, you know, the object of affection of every person. Because they established that there clearly are things that he can't change. Things that are very uh, impactful on the the fate of the world and that becomes his motivation for why he wants more power it's not that he has reincarnated with a perfect history and is just sort of going along like a robot doing all the right thing which is a big problem i think narratively in a lot of isekai stories yeah it's that he realizes he must chart a new history but understands there may be some stuff i just can't i, I don't want it to happen i want i'll do everything i can to stop it but i can't stop it so what do we what do you do after that so that you're not a victim? So that's part one is that it's a refinement a little bit on a bunch of tropes that I usually get very tired of, but with a fresh take and with a, a main character who is not instantly overpowered from some um, you know, prior history. He's gotta work. There's a lot of struggle and there's a lot of tenuous stuff. It's it's you know, good good stuff. Now the reason why I'm actually recommending it is not the story. The story's fine, but it's oh. another comparison, which is if you read 
the first you know uh run of chapters you might look at the art and say this is serviceable it's a little bare bones it's cool i see what it can do i see how the art communicates a lot of the power system and other things like that in neat ways but it gets better the art gets better to the point where towards the current you know uh the current arc the current road chat there's some fucking baller ass panels like things where i'm like i need to show people how fucking crazy this series is and it's a crazy series first of all people a lot of people die is it on the level of like my summoner or whatever so those are very painterly so i would say that that's just an aesthetic um that that my summon got from the beginning it looked Uh like you never see like a a lot of these like uh, uh, mobile card games or like Magic the Gathering yeah. where they'll have a lot of great art that's on these static cards and so that's where they get over they're gorgeous to look at my summon just took that approach from the beginning with a lot of the backgrounds and the and all that stuff so that that was a I would actually compare this one more to um, what's the what's the best best series I can think of that has some really good art it's it the detail and the fidelity of the action scenes in particular starts to approach um, kind of what God of High School can do. Oh, it starts okay. To, it starts to get there. They have, they, if you look at the first few few uh, chapters, the character designs are very simplified. You can, um, they, they communicate action very well. You can distinguish between people, but they're not beautiful. They're, they're serviceable. There's some shit that happens because of how overpowered so many characters get where you're just reading this panel straight down and you're like, oh, I see. There are literally 200 people in this panel and I could track our character slicing and dicing his or her way through all these people and just flexing, sending bodies flying, limbs flying. I've never seen more heads chopped off in a series in my life. And this is actually a... Uh, uh, a series where there's not much blood you know it's not they don't do their work or the artists don't do their work with fountains of blood motherfucker heads heads are popping off left and right from the very beginning like just like i see a group of dudes i'm like oh all these heads are coming off and then the next next panel our main characters like dash through them heads are flying in every direction people just get murdered in the ugliest way possible even from the beginning and as you start to get to that good art about halfway i think they're in the 80 chapter range so around like chapter 30 or 40 when you start getting that good shit when the power system kicks in when like uh, people are chaining abilities and like running through whole armies worth of dudes like 1v 100 or like dudes be stepping up like you know i'll be the one to and then the head comes flying off it is uh-huh. actually a very satisfying thing to read kind of like playing a call of duty game but the old ones like the world war ii where you were always just shooting heads and the helmets would pop up and that was your little sign that you got a headshot it feels that way i just, just with like oh swords goodness. and sorcery so i i shared some panels online that i would just like i was in i was astounded by the how hype it was able to get the level that they got to with uh, the art presentation and everything got clearer, more special effects, but also like they kept a lot of the character design elements that made that are simple, that kind of make it easy for you to pick out who's who and who's doing what. And when my man gets his squad together, like and they're and and, and they're at full power, this shit is fucking crazy. I want to see those shots of him like 
you know, one man army versus her. But I also like it when everyone else pops in and you're just like, oh, oh, this is dope. One someone's like coming down with a lightning bolt. Another dude's like slicing guys in half on the bottom. You see, like, you know, the aftermath of like a big old punch that sent like a hundred dudes flying through the side of a mountain, and you're like, yo, this is actually super hype. So I want to recommend this series. It's got a it's fairly deep in its run, so um, there's a lot if you want to jump in. But it's not like a you know 500 chapter Tower of God situation. Yeah, it's just, it started out in a good place, and then as it went along, both at the story level and the art level, it did level itself up, you know, proverbially to. Oh, this is what you were the, posting you know, about. Yes. Oh, that's what those are from. Yeah, I saw the yes. helmet shit, and I was like, the hell going on in this shit dude's heads just be popping it's popping they just pop it off it's great so i'm very uh enthusiastic about any series that sees what it's doing right doubles down and gets better and if the art had stayed where it was in like the the you know the first half I yeah with that it was still it was enjoyable it worked for me but they the and now I'm like, is it going to get even better? Or is it going to get more ambitious as these characters get crazier and crazier abilities? Are we going to see like some wild shit that you never thought of before? Like, what are we, what are we going to get? I mean, I'm, you know, pumped to see more. So, yes, the low rank soldier becoming a monarch. Uh, worth a read, I think, if you can find it anywhere. I think it's on Webtoons up to chapter 44 officially in English. And then um there there are some groups out there that are translating it that are like further um, in yeah i think around chapter 86 or 87 so that's a lot i mean if you think that these are weekly releases it's about two years worth or maybe a little bit a little bit less yeah okay all righty well that'll be it for this week then if you haven't already, make sure you follow us on social medias, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. Um, uh, but Twitter is anime underscore savants, while everything else is just regular anime savants. We're also on Facebook and YouTube. Also, if you're not watching this, we have it in video format in addition to podcast format. So, you know, you can go either or and see the crazy faces and things like that. Yep. And uh, if you want to hit me up, I'm on Twitter at Neural Handshake. And uh, shout out to the people who uh, pointed me both to the news and announcement about Tower of God uh, Season 2, as well as the Witch from Mercury um, prologue actually being a full episode. I would not have known were it not for some timely heads up. So thank you very much for that. And yeah, that's all. Bye. Peace out, y'all.